The following interview originally aired on the Monday Point. You can listen to The Point each weekday at 9 a.m. in Central Oregon on KPLV Radio, 88.9 FM, and from anywhere at kplv.org, The Point. Don, good to see you today. Well, it's good to see you and come and visit. It's been too long, hasn't it? <laughs> it no, it's been way too long, and I, I have been procrastinating and under the the forces of that are way beyond my powers, been kind of forced to sit and and wait. And <laughs> frustration for me, as I'm sure it's it is for everyone. Yes. Well, I know that you and Jerrica Road have been very, very busy in this interim period since we last talked because you now have a shower truck or a vehicle that you have been using. The last time we talked, you had gotten this wonderful grant that you'd be able to purchase one. And I'd like an update on that. And it has been up. Well, I, I hope that this makes sense because I'm afraid some of the audio is a little broken up. So let me, if, let me know if it, it doesn't come through. But yes, you're absolutely right. We had for quite some time a shower truck service in the Redmond area for our homeless camp outreach and our meal site. It was a fairly old, no, it wasn't fairly, it was really old. And finally, it just, bless its heart, it just busted beyond repair. And so we had to, you know, cancel that service. We had attempted for a while during COVID to have showers available at one of the motels in Redmond for people to drop by and get showers. And that worked for a little while. But as the COVID restrictions grew and the concerns with the volunteers grew, we had to move that one aside. So for quite a while, a lot of people who had depended on those services a lot of people, homeless people, many of your listeners may not realize, but they actually have jobs. They're working. They just can't find places to live. And so they are pretty much forced to live in their cars or trailers or in the in some of the homeless camps as an alternative to actually having a roof over your head. So they would depend, they had depended quite a bit on the shower trucks to be able to tidy up and keep, you know, personal hygiene, things like that, make themselves presentable for the jobs that they they did have. And so when that service went away, there was a, a great deal of concern on both sides. And thank goodness we did receive an anonymous and very generous gift of $100,000. And then we also received a couple of other additional donations for that particular fund. So we had basically about $120,000 to $130,000, and we spent $66,000 of that to get the trailer. And then, of course, we had to buy a truck and some extra equipment to service the trailer and pull it around. And so it is just, it's a three-unit shower trailer, and it is state-of-the-art. And we've been, we've had it out at Antler, near the end of Antler Avenue in Redmond for several weeks, going on a couple of months now. And the attendance 
of the people that have availed themselves not only to the shower truck but to the other services that are, that are there on Friday mornings has gone up considerably. Mosaic Medical has their medical van out there, of course, and then our outreach sets up food, clothing, some equipment, those kind of necessity needs for people there as well. And then with the shower truck, that just enhanced that offering of wraparound services that are, is critical for these people. Yeah, being able to combine different services all in one place certainly makes it a lot easier for them to to be able to access them and and take advantage of those things. Yeah, and the critical part about the outreach program is that we are able to go to where these people are. They are, by and large, very reluctant to come away from where they are, because when they do, they have to leave behind what few things they do have. Mm -hmm. And as soon as they are gone, those possessions are in jeopardy of weather conditions and, of course, loss to theft. And so their feeling of security is greatly in jeopardy when they have to travel from where they are living or trying to survive into a city or into a facility at a distance. And of course, a lot of these people don't have transportation. So the farther away the services are, the more difficult it is for them to get that, you know, avail themselves of that. So going to the homeless camps, I think has just been a huge, huge assist. And we have managed to, over a period of time, help a lot of those people transition away from being in the camps to finding shelters and transitioning out, out of that homelessness into at least having a roof over their head. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that your shower facility has been in this one spot for several weeks. Is there any intent to move that to another spot where it will be convenient for people or oh, yeah. is it working out best there? Well, you know, it takes a while because it's a new piece of equipment and it takes a while to learn how to operate it and what the the, the kinks are in, in the hose. But the other huge part of it, the huge challenge is that it's absolutely critical that we have people that we can train and trust to be able to operate the program. Right now we have three people Dr. Mark Keener, uh, a dentist from the Redmond area, who happens to be the president of uh, Jericho Road's board of directors, and his very lovely wife and understanding wife and supportive wife, Anne, and then another fellow from Alfalfa area, Larry, has been, they're the ones that are right now primarily involved, but to go to another place like Evergreen or to the meal sites or to one of the church parking lots or, or you know, to put up a schedule kind of a thing, it requires personnel. And mm -hmm. these three are as good as they are, bless their hearts, they are, you know, it's just physically impossible for them to, to be able to cover all of that. So if anybody who is listening has any kind of those skills or experience and would like to assist us, that would be tremendously welcome. And of course, the COVID pandemic has greatly affected 
your volunteer group of people because of, of concerns for their own health. So I would imagine that has cut down considerably on those who have been able to be involved. Well, and, uh, yes, you're absolutely right. The, the, the serving of the meals was a first huge impact for us because uh, we have congregate or we had congregate meals. And mm-hmm. now we're just getting back into it. Hopefully we'll be able to continue it. But we changed from serving sit-down meals, buffet style, to, and, and, and of course, a big critical part of that is the contact. When you go through the line, people talk to you. There's conversation, yeah. there's humor, there's a sharing, which is totally lost when you, when you only have, instead of five people, volunteers, maybe you have only two or three who prepare the meals, put them in a clamshell container, and then hand them out at the door as people walk by. So the numbers suffered considerably because of that. Mm-hmm. And the other factor is that there was a heightened concern because a majority of our volunteers happened to be older people. Right. And most of them come from church congregations. We have about 15 churches in the Redmond area who support our programs and are a primary supplier of the volunteers who work with the, with the homeless. And so that was a concern, but a a blessing in disguise was our weekend food program for students because originally we had about 15 volunteers who gathered regularly and filled backpacks. And we sent them out to each of the schools in the Redmond district. And um, that includes Terrebonne and, and Tumalo and parts of Crooked River Ranch. And so when this struck, of course, schools went remote. And we thought well, the whole program would probably go into hiatus. And as it turned out, we were so very, very blessed that the schools, the students in the schools, are now the volunteers who filled those bags And they are taken to a particular place each week for distribution. People come by and pick them up. And then, of course, we extended it through the summer months with lunch lunch bags. So Mm -hmm. it's just, yes, there are some some silver linings to this very dark cloud that we've had over us. And the students and the administrators, the teachers have been absolutely incredible in helping us prepare those packs and bags for their peers. Oh, and it's a wonderful experience for them to to get involved in that at a young age. And it kind of becomes just a a lifestyle choice Mm -hmm. to be a volunteer and to help out. So that is wonderful. It's an education in and of itself. You learn about situations and and you develop a work ethic as well as an ethical basis for your behavior and caring in the community. Right. One other thing that we wanted to talk about today, too, is a count that you guys have done. I know that there are groups that do what's called a point in time count of homeless people and that you did one yourself, too. I don't know if it was just Jericho Road that did it or if it was a group of of different nonprofits that were helping out. And you had some pretty interesting findings from that. 
Well, yeah. First of all, let me explain what the point in time count is. The Housing and Ur- Urban Development Department, HUD, mm-hmm. most people are familiar with that term, hands out money and distributes money to the states and organizations to help with homeless you know, programs. That federal money is predicated on the, a level of need, proving that there is a need in your community. And part of that statistical support is generated through this point in time count. And the, it takes place over a prescribed period of time mm-hmm. and so that there is no duplication of you know counting the same people over and over again over a period of a week or more. We have been able to extend the time the count is taking place, but been extremely diligent about statistical gathering to avoid that duplication. The numbers that those counts generate are then communicated in their applications, different organizations, primarily in... In our area, it's Neighbor Impact, Housing Works, maybe J. Barjay, and a couple of other larger organizations. And they are the ones that receive direct federal funding. Most of the other organizations may receive state and local funding. Mm -hmm. And so what we have found in the fact that it's a prescribed matter of time and place a lot of the people are not counted. They are missed. Like I said earlier, many people living in camps are reluctant to go to some place just to be counted, or even if there are incentives. So what we did was we actually went out into the camps in the Redmond area and went like door to door and made that physical count. We are estimating now that there's more than 400 homeless people who live in that area of the community, not including the ones that are living on the streets in the city. And, and as you can tell, Bend being much larger in the population base, they're looking, they must be looking at a much larger, a much more significant number. So the, the point of town time numbers are important for justification and support, but they are definitely the tip of the iceberg not the entire picture, unfortunately. So that's the story I have, and I'm sticking to it. (laughs) (laughs) And and some of the statistics that you found with with your particular count were rather troubling and revealing. Well, they're, they're concerning. And because we found that the majority of people that Jericho Road deals with coming to meal sites and seeking assistance and in the camps are aging. About 60% of them now are over 50 years of age. That does not mean that there are not younger people that avail themselves to other programs in the community. That I would never never want anybody to think that that's the case. But in our instance, it is concerning to see that there are older people who are going to increase, at least in their physical needs as they age and need more and more support. Right. And so being able to be in touch with them and, and serve some of their needs is certainly going to, to be a big help for them, whether or not it gets them into a, a more 
stable facility or not, just being able to to reach out and and try to be there for them. Yeah, and then the other circumstances, um, the the associated circumstances for creating homelessness in the first place. A lot of people, the majority of people, I think, have an image of what a homeless people person is, a bundle right. that needs to be cleaned and removed. And people need to understand that a lot of these people do have jobs. They are working people. They are paying taxes indirectly. But they are also people who have been victims of economic eviction from houses from people that have purchased a rental facility and said, oh, we're going to remodel. So you got to get out. And when you go away and I remodel, the rent will automatically be increased. Right. Uh, prior to the COVID state stages, when they protected a lot of people, it was, oh, we're just raising the rent next month. And people on fixed income, especially older people, just could not afford to stay. So right. that plus, we went through a huge, huge loss of housing due to forest fires. And a lot yes. of those people have not been compensated. People, uh, some of them did not have insurance to protect them. And as a result, uh, many of those people, they're not bundles of dirt. They are people that had houses and homes and jobs. And COVID had such a terrible impact in the loss of work and people who were no longer able to, to, to work. And so... It's like almost a perfect storm of right. tragedy. But people need to understand that homeless people, by and large, are just like you and I. 30% of the people in this community are living like one paycheck away from being homeless. And that's right. a flat tire or a, or a bad transmission or a case of the measles. And that's how close they are. But they're still human beings, so we need to care for them. Right. And fortunately, there is Jericho Road in Redmond that is doing so much. And we totally appreciate the fact that that so much time, energy and resources have been put into into this group and and working with our less fortunate neighbors. So thank you so much. It's always great to get an update from you and some information about Jericho Road. How can people contact you? Ah, well, they can call us. They can go online, just Google Jericho Road, Redmond, Oregon. That'll get you to our website and a contact. And of course, one of the first things you'll see on the banner is donate. Yes. Our number is 541-699-2099. That's 541-699-2099. And so Wonderful. You can- let us know you have some soap and shampoo for our shower. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes, there's always a need. And I hope people will look for that and, and make sure to help out with that. Because there are those things that people don't necessarily think about that are part of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, whenever we leave town and stay at a motel, I, I clean it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. Well, you have thanks. no idea how many little pieces of soap I have. <laughs> I understand. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Don. It's it's so great to get to visit with you and get updated and just have a great time and 
be in the know about what's happening. Well, thank you, Carolyn, and thank KPOV for us all for the service that you do in helping to get this information to the people in the community. Glad to do it. Thanks for listening to this KPOV podcast. KPOV is community radio for the high desert of Central Oregon. For more information and our program schedule, please visit kpov.org. We value your feedback. Drop us a note at podcasts at kpov.org.